Welcome to Four Points Online. We are so honored that you're with us here today. And if God has used this ministry to change your life, we want to hear about it. So go to fourpoints.org slash mystory and tell us. You know what, it's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you want to give and be a part of what God's doing here at Four Points, go to our website and choose the safe and secure option. Or you can download our app and give there as well. And now we are so excited about hearing a powerful word from God today. Were y'all here for the first week? All right, so, so everybody remembers this first verse, and it's the title of the series as well, but it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you remember last week, you'll remember the fact that, that this isn't just a cool verse in the middle of Proverbs, but it's, it's the truth. That death and life truly are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so today, I want to dive in a little word and talk about what our words are all about and why they're important. But listen, we're going to really jump into words in the next couple weeks. But I think the starting point with words is understanding what a word is. And so that's the whole message today is about words, about understanding what it is, about what is a word, what is the deal with it, why do we talk about it, why is it so, such a big deal. And then, <clears throat> I don't want to get ahead of myself, but if you've ever been in church, like I'm talking about today's not your first time, and if it is, we are pumped up that you're here with us today in Snowmageddon. But if, if today is not your first time, then you've heard people say you should read the Bible. Are you with me? You should read the Bible. You should read the Bible. You should read the Bible. You should do a devotion. If you don't do your quiet time, you're going to hell. It's all bad. You're bad. You're bad. Shame on you. You should read your Bible. That's what we've always heard. But I'm a why person. I've always said this. Y'all, if y'all know me and you've been here, you always, why? Why am I bad if I don't? And why is it good if I do? And I don't get it. And why do people always beat me down if I don't? And, and, and this is the deal. Yes, we should read our Bibles. But the why a lot of times doesn't get answered because you're not bad if you don't. You're not guaranteed to be good if you do. There has to be the why behind the what, and, or, or we, we're just left going, but I read my Bible and I had a really bad day, preacher. You lied to me. What's wrong? Somebody help me. So this is what a word is. This is what a word is. It's an expressed idea. A word is an expressed idea. If you're taking notes, that's a good thing to write down. A word is an expressed idea. Here's why that's important. <clears throat> a lot of times... A lot of times we say this, and I need somebody to, to not be silent in here because it's real quiet without that air running, and so everybody's going to look at me awkward. But have y'all said this this week? Probably I should just say this week because I know it hadn't been a long time. I didn't mean what I just said. Some of y'all lied because I only heard like 15. <laughs> I didn't really mean that. I didn't really mean that. Here's why we say what we say. Our brains have the ability to do two things. We recall the past and we dream about the future. And so when I express an idea, I'm, either, I'm either dreaming and excited about what's to come or I'm bringing up the hurt in the past of what's old. So when I react, respond, talk to you, dream about, I am either bringing up what I believe is going to come or I am bringing up what I remember is hurting me, is old. Sometimes the past is good. If y'all are talking about Clemson fans, you're talking about the championship of this year, you aren't speaking of it bad, but I am. That's death for me and life for you. Are y'all with me in here? <laughs> It's not funny, but, but we, that's the way that we do it. So when I'm giving an expression of the idea that's in me, the way that I do it is with words. Some people are, are word people. 
They have the ability to paint a picture that is beautiful with words. Some people, you look at them and say, what in the blue moose did you just say? Huh, somebody talk to me. I have no idea what you just said. And you said a lot of words, but you said nothing. Because when they try to express yourself, like we have no idea what they're talking about. We're like, was that words or did you like, what just happened? What had happened was, and, and so when I'm giving an expressed idea, I am trying to tell you what's going on. If we just set out and say, okay, life and death is in the power of the tongue, so I'm going to choose to give life today, that's awesome. But if there's not a foundation that it's built off of, then it will be fake. And eventually the truth will come out because I will recall and express the idea that is inside of me of what's in there. Is anybody with me in here today? So, we're left with this, this quandary, this, this difficulty of I'm not sure where to go, Pastor. So if I read the Bible, does that mean every, every word that I have is going to be good? No. Because something has to happen in the reading of the Bible. Now look at this. The word, there's two words for word in the New Testament, in the Greek. And it's the word logos. Everybody say logos. Logos. And the word rhema. Say rhema. Logos is the written word. When you see the word, word, and it is talking about the word of God, that it is written, that it is put down, that is logos. When it is expressed, when it is spoken, when it is, listen, this is big, this is big. When it is revealed to us, it turns to rhema. And that is the shift that I hope takes place today. Because I believe a lot of people have read the Bible. I believe a lot of you, if I ask you, have you read the Bible? Have you read the Bible this week? A lot of people would raise their hands. Yes, I've read it. Yes, I know about the Bible. Yes, I know all about it. But has it been revealed to you? Has the light bulb come off? And this is what comes to my mind. This is what comes to my mind. And I'm going to bring this up again. But this is really important, y'all. Have y'all ever been at a concert? A lot of times it's Christian concerts because they're trying to sell something for the children, if y'all know what I'm talking about. Please buy this because all the children in Uganda will be fed if you buy this. Y'all like, this is awkward. I don't know where you're going with this. But a good painter is amazing to me what they can do in a five-minute song because they'll get a canvas up like this, and they'll start doing all this stuff with paint. And you look at them and go, what the heck are they doing right now, right? And have y'all seen it? And, and they'll just boom, 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 boom. And they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is. This is going to be awesome. I wonder what it is. This is crazy. And we're watching and we're watching and we're watching. And three quarters of the way through, you're still like, I got no idea. This is crazy. That's the way it feels like to some of us when we read the Bible right now. I got no idea. I get messages and emails and, and sometimes like in our freedom groups that we're doing, we're doing two right now. I'll get questions from some of our people and it's like, Hey, I read this and this and I don't get it. Pastor, how do you do a Facebook Live on Leviticus chapter 18? When I read Leviticus, I just feel like someone's playing me a bad music note. And I just want to go to sleep because it's the only thing I feel. I don't, see, I don't feel any life. I just feel... <laughs> like So how does, how does it go from written to spoken? What, what is this like? Because I just feel like I'm looking at the paint being put on the picture. But, but nothing seems to be happening. It's boring. It's awful. Like, what's the deal? It's, I, I'm frustrated. Does anybody feel that way in here? Be honest. Praise the Lord. You know what the coolest part of that thing is? The really good ones can do it upside down, and it freaks me out. I have no idea how their brain works that they can do this. If I did a finger painting, <laughs> at the end of you, like, 
It's abstract, you know. What I mean? <laughs> it's how I felt. I was given my inner feelings, and because whatever, and it's, I'm gonna sell it for a million dollars because. But when those really good ones do it, they can do it upside down, and they flip the thing over, and you're like, oh, snap! That's what he or she was trying to express. But when they revealed it, when when it was flipped over, when it was turned over, when, when they got to the point, when the last little bit was done, there was this thing that happened inside. You were like, yes, now I see. I didn't see before, but now I see. And that's the point of God's word. For, for, for so many of us, what we do is read it as a chore, as a job is what I need to do. Or we read it so I feel good about myself, and that's not the point. The point is so the expression of God can be given to us, but he never intended it to be information, but to be revealed, to be alive, to be known to us inside, exploding out. Like when the thing gets flipped over, it's amazing. And I want to give you some information that turns to revelation in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand the universe was created by the logos of God, by the word of of God, everything that was created was created by the word of God so that what is seen, everything that your eye sees, wasn't made by things that were seen, but by things that were unseen, and it was God. That, that God created all things by his word, by his word. And if you have your Bibles where we're going to stay today, and this is big, y'all, where we're going to sit and where we're going to hold to is John chapter 1. And I hope, this is my favorite book in the Bible, and my favorite starting place of any book in, in the Bible, because I believe this will give you revelation like none other. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, if you're turning there in your iPad, or your tablet, or your phone, or your, isn't it crazy how many times, how many different ways we can read the Bible? It's awesome. Y'all with me? John chapter 1. Because the goal today is that you don't leave and read your Bible more. The goal today is that you want to. Are y'all with me? John chapter 1 says, in the beginning, in the beginning. This is a trivia question. It's really hard. You have to be really alert at this 9 a.m., what's normally 10 a.m. service. How long ago was the beginning? When was the beginning? It was the beginning. Are y'all okay? Genesis 1 1 said, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was void, and darkness was still in the land. This is the same time. It was the beginning. It was when God created. It says, In the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Pump the brakes. What are we talking about right now? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I brought my Bible out today, so some of y'all, for the first time, are going to be to say, Pastor, preach from the Bible, because normally he preaches from that dirty old screen, and I don't like it. I love this Bible. I have a lot of them in my office, and I love this one particularly, just because I just like the design of it, and I like the um, English Standard Version a lot. Did y'all know that this is nothing special? The leather doesn't make it special, the paper that it's made from I don't even know what kind of paper it is doesn't make it special but the words that are written in it is what makes it special which is why I can do it on my phone I can read it on my phone or on my computer screen but when I begin to understand 
what a gift this is because this is going to freak some of y'all out, but I need you to stay with me. There's three parts of one God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But the second part, Jesus, the name that's above every name is God the Word. God the Word. Everybody say God the Word. I know y'all are looking like, holy crap, what's going on right now? This is crazy. But it says that the Word was God, that the Logos was God, that he's always been, he always will be, nothing changes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the Word is God. The Word of God, the Word of God is Jesus, and that's big time, and I'm about to get ahead of myself, so I'm just going to keep going, but I need you to know that the revelation that can take place in your heart is when you begin to understand that it's not just reading words, but it's that the Word was God, he, Jesus was with God in the beginning. And look, all things, not some things, not a few things, all things, all things, everything that's ever been made, all things were made through him, and without him, nothing, not anything made that was made. There's nothing that was made that wasn't by the word of God. God never speaks. Listen to this. If you're going to take notes, this is a good one to write down. God has never spoken and wasted a word. Every time God speaks, he speaks to create. When someone says to me, God spoke to me, and then they say things that are different than what the Word of God says, I have to, in my heart, I go, hang on a second, that's not right. Because God never speaks lies, He never goes against Himself, and He always speaks to create something inside of you. He speaks to give life, He speaks to give hope, He speaks to create. The only thing that I can find that was created otherwise was man. When God breathed life into Him, and that is His Spirit, that is the third part. He breathed into dust of the ground. Everything else God said, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. He named them by giving him life. He said, life, life, let it be, let it be, let it be. God speaks to bring life. God speaks to create. Everything that was made was made by God. And the life was the light of men. Now, light is big because if it was dark in here right now, everybody would look around and go, this is awkward because this is a warehouse, and if it's dark, it's real dark. There's no windows. It gets crazy. The walls are black. It gets even crazier, like everybody's freaking out. But when the lights come on, I can see. Most of us walk around in our lives, and we're hoping to fake it till we make it. We're hoping to make it through. And we read the Bible to hope that people think we're good, or we express the knowledge that we have about God to hope that they think that we're good about it. Look what I know. Look how awesome I am. Look how far along I am in this journey. But we don't read it to understand that it's the light bulb, that it's the illumination. The, this is what revelation means, y'all. It's the aha. <gasps> oh, there it is. The picture just got flipped upside down. That's awesome. And most of us, it's boring because I've decided today is a real day. We're going to be real. Most of us, it's a chore. Most of us, when I ask my guys that we hang out on Sundays, how many of y'all read the Bible most of the time, and I never put pressure on them because I don't think that's right because they'll do it for the wrong reasons. Most of the time, it's, well, I had a really busy week. It was hard. And until the why changes, I can pressure them and say, y'all should read your Bibles every day. How can you not see it's such a big deal? When I understand that it's the light of men, that, that that's what gives life, and it's, the light, and it's Jesus in written form, then nothing changes because I just look at it and go, that's the chore that I've got to do. But in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then the Bible goes on to say, 
that there was a man named John. And he wasn't the light. He came to declare the light. He came to, to represent what the light was about. He, he came to establish what the light was coming for, who the word of God, who was living and active, who he was going to be and already was. And when he got here, what his purpose was, that was the whole purpose of him coming here. And then verse 9 says this, look at this. Then the true light, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming. He was on the way. From the beginning, he's always been. From the beginning, this word's been the same. And he was coming into the world. He was the, in the world. Listen, this is us. This is the church today, verse 10. He was in the world. And the world was made through him. Yet they didn't know him. It's real quiet in here. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. We know all about Jesus now. If I polled the audience and gave y'all a piece of paper today to fill out stuff, you could tell me details about the Bible and about him. Some of y'all don't know a ton of details about the Bible, but that's not the point. But, but almost everybody in here, I would say in the southeastern United States, it is hard to find someone that hasn't heard about Jesus. Are y'all with me? But they don't know him. I'm talking about like in a love relationship fashion, they don't know him because there's this roadblock that's taking place and I'm not sure, and it just feels like a chore. Life is hard. And then this is the other thing that I think is the don't know in part. Because we feel like what I talked about when I first stepped out here, that we have to have all our crap together. Because in our marriages, married people, life is so difficult, and everything's coming against our homes. Because, young people, there are so many pressures for y'all to fall. Because every one of us in the room, hell's coming. It's coming against us. It's difficult. We don't know what to do. We feel frustration. We just want to throw our hands in the air. We just get mad. It's frustrating. Life is hard. Because life is hard and we don't know where to turn, we get into the category of we know all about him, but we don't really know him. And it says Jesus came to his own and that's specifically talking about the location and the place and all of that. But I need you to know that it's also talking about you. Because he didn't come as a goat. And I know that sounds funny when it comes out of my mouth, but he came as a man, as a human being. And there are tens of millions, there are billions of people today that curse the name of Jesus rather than praise the name of Jesus because we don't know him his own people did not even receive him. But to all who receive him, this is a good verse right here, everybody. To all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right. He gives the right. He gave the right to become children of God. To everyone who truly receives the light, the life, the hope, the word that became flesh, he gave the right to become children of God. But it can't just stay knowledge on paper. It's got to be a revelation in your heart. Who were born not of blood, because everybody on this planet was born of blood. But like Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and almost everybody in here is going to know John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But in that conversation at night, this religious leader that came to Jesus said, What is all this about? Like, I, I'm confused. What is all this about? I know all of the word 
of the Old Covenant, of the Old Testament. But, I, but I'm, I'm confused by this, Jesus. What is all this about? I feel like I've gone through the motions my whole life. Church is just something that you got to do. I, I don't even really know if I want to be here. I, what is all this about? And he says, listen to Nicodemus. He said, you, you must be born again, but not of your mama, but of the Spirit of God. And the only way that life happens in you is not, if you, is not if you just put your mind to it and not if you try to knock down five straight things, but if the Spirit of God reveals what the Word of God says. If that happens, then the thing flips over. The canvas comes, and it's like, oh my goodness, that's been there the whole time. When I read the Bible, my one-year Bible, I laugh almost every day because I'm like, five years in a row I've read every one of these words. I got degrees in college, and I see something new. Every, that is impossible. That can't happen except through the Spirit of God. It's, it's but from God. It's but of God that that takes place. And then this is my favorite verse in the whole story. It says that the Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen His glory the glory as the only Son from the Father who is full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. That is how life happens. That is how change happens. That is how the Lord shifts everything in my life. And this is what comes to my mind, y'all. In Matthew chapter 16... And I'm not asking you to turn there, but I want you to hear this before <coughs> I give you an acronym because I love acronyms. And I think it can help you remember some things today and then we're going to be done. But Matthew 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples in Caesarea Philippi. It's the most pagan place on the planet at the time. Horrible worship was taking place. They were killing children right in front of them. I just can't imagine the picture. And they probably thought to themselves, why wouldn't we be in a sacred place? And I think Jesus wanted them to know, I'm the sacred place. You can go to that temple, but you've missed the point. The word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, and he's right in front of you. He is alive, and he's right here. And you can change anywhere, and God loves you anywhere, and it doesn't matter how far from him you've been, he's drawing you to himself. You can't fix it. He didn't call you to fix it. He's calling you to him. And listen, this is what he said. Who do people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah. And he's like, no, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. I don't think you're John the Baptist. I don't think you're a good person. I don't think I can be a good enough person. I think I need you because you are the word and you became flesh and you're living among us. And I know who you are. You're the called. You're the anointed. You're the savior of the world. That's who you are. And this is what Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my spirit, boom, shift happens in his life. Jesus changes Peter's name from Simon to Peter, and he says, on this rock, but the rock wasn't Peter. The rock was the revelation of God in his life, and he says, on this rock, on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. On the revelation that Jesus is who he says he is, on the revelation that the word of God, that this thing right here is not just a devotion book, but it is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and living in inside of me and it changes me that is the revelation that the entire church is built on I don't read the Bible so that I hope I'm better I know Jesus and I know I'm better the Holy Spirit makes me better than who I already am the reason I want to read the Bible 
is because I want to know the revelation, not the information. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching this morning. I'm preaching. So what is the word? What does the word of God do? What is the purpose? This is the point of this acronym. What is the purpose of us knowing the word of God? What does it do? Pastor, if I start reading the word every day, but not for the purpose of information alone, but so that his spirit begins to reveal things in my life, what can I expect? I'm glad you asked. W. Someone say, wake up! Say it like, I, like you mean it. Come on. Now. Say, wake up. wake up! Wake up, somebody. If y'all walked into your room, this, uh, if you have children in here, this is, I'm talking to you, but everybody else, if you're a child in here, I'm talking to you. If you walk into <coughs> the room with your kids, I'm not going to repeat the alarm from last week. <laughs> if you walk into your room and you have children that are like mine and you say, wake up, children. It's a good morning. It's so good to be here this morning. This is what my kids do. Huh? There has to be some uh, emphasis given on the wake-up call. Is any mama in here that wants to talk to me? Come on now. Wake up! Quit sleeping. Fixing to give y'all a two-piece and it ain't chicken. Come on, somebody. <laughs> wake up. Here's what comes to my mind with wake up. This is what the word of God does to you. When God speaks, he creates. And what he creates is life and light. And if I feel darkness in my heart, and everyone does, if not today, you did this week at some point. And when I'm feeling that, this is the deal. This is big. Lazarus had died, John chapter 11. And the people are mourning. And Jesus said, listen, this sickness isn't unto death. The sickness isn't unto death. If you heard Jesus say that, we would have thought, I know you don't smoke, Jesus, because you're Jesus. <laughs> but what you smoking? Like, I'm, a, I'm offended. And Jesus came and he wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. And then he stood at the empty tomb. And after four days, and they had mummified him, stink would have started happening It would have been overwhelming. He would have been looking inside of a cave. This was no different than if you would have just seen a cave on the side of a mountain going up, driving to the mountains, and you see a hole in there. It would have looked a lot like that. Move back that rock. I want to talk into the cave. Can y'all picture it? And the people know him in Bethany, but can you really trust this crazy dude that could have come because he could have walked over and he could have come seen us, and he loves Lazarus, and, and that's his friend. He shouldn't have ever had to wake up because he should have been with him the whole time. And this is what we tell each other. My goodness, I'm about to give somebody something in here. I shouldn't ever struggle again because I'm a Christian. Who told you that? You don't get to get rid of this until the day that you die. And when you try to do it on your own, you are guaranteed to fall. We are all 30 seconds from doing something very stupid and ruining what we have in Jesus' name, ruining what he's done in in our hearts, ruining. And the reason we need to be real in here is we think that we're the wake-up call. I'm here to tell you your pastor is not your wake-up call, but the spirit of the living God and the revelation of his name. That is the wake-up call. Come on. This is what Jesus said. He didn't say, I sure hope that one day Lazarus can. He didn't go touch him. He didn't put an ointment together that hopes. He did one thing. What did he do? Come on. 
He said, Lazarus, come on out. Come forth. Get out of there. Wake up. He declared it into a cave. When you speak, it's just, it's just a bunch of vibrations until it hits something. When he spoke, I'm telling you, it hit all the sides of the caves. It did all that stuff. And then it hit him. And when God's word hits you, and I'm not talking about hits you here. I'm talking about hits you here. And your eyes come open, not to what you see, but to what he desires for you to see. When that happens in your life, the grave clothes start coming off. Everybody freaks out. I walk out. People know what I used to be because they can smell the old me. But now they start smelling the new me because I get up. I'm alive. I wake up. If you try to wake yourself up, you're still sleeping. And you think you've got everybody fooled. But when the word of God wakes me up, when the word of God makes me new, when the word of God changes my life, I, what's this word? Come on, say it like you mean it. I do what? So the first thing that the revelation of the word does is causes me to wake up. The second one is causes me to be observant. I observe things differently. When sin is around me, I begin to observe the sin, not get into the sin. I begin to be aware is what I mean by that. There's an awareness about my life when I'm in the word of God. And I'm not talking about I do it for devotional. But I'm talking about I pray God reveals something to me today that I need for my day. If y'all do this, I've heard people say this before. I just wake up and I do like this. Jesus, show me something. That's probably not going to work. Can I just be real with y'all? Have a plan. It blows my mind how many times what I'm currently dealing with in the one-year Bible, that's not the best one, that's one of them. But it blows my stinking mind how many times what I'm currently in is what gets revealed in my heart at 7 a.m., at 6.30 a.m. in the morning. But if I just read it to check a box and I'm not really in, it's just words. You might as well read a history book. You might as well read a math book, because I don't even know if you can read those, but you might as well try. Someone needs to say amen on that one. What comes to my mind in this is Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, which is the armor of God. The only offensive weapon that I have, I'm about to preach, so y'all stay with me. The only offensive weapon in the armor of God is not the breastplate of righteousness, not the helmet of salvation, not the gospel of peace shoes, not the, not the, not the belt, not, not any of them. <clears throat> it's the sword of the Spirit. That's the Word of God. The Spirit of God in the form of a sword is my offensive weapon. You say, Pastor, how do I do it? Rama. Revelation is also translated spoken. The reason that I speak the word of God over my children <clears throat> is because when I speak Jesus, who is the word, over my children, the blood of Jesus covers them. And I don't care how big your enemy is, he can't penetrate the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that he can do against the promises of God. And when I begin to speak the word of God and declare the word of God over my life, how do I do that? How do I live observant? Psalm 119 says, how does a young man keep his way pure? By living, not listening, living according to your word. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I only can know it if it hits where it's supposed to hit. If you're like me in school, if it was a subject that you weren't really into, you heard it. And I even, I talked to one of my buddies this week about some master's level stuff he's doing. And I remember those days. Praise Jesus. I remember and I'm not in those days. And I remember memorizing things. 
Education people, y'all better talk to me in here. I remember memorizing those things because that's what we've taught people learning looks like. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> what do you remember from, from your graduate and under? I, I, I got a piece of paper. <laughs> it's in there at home or something. It's packed up. But I got it. But what changes me is when it's revealed and I can begin to observe with his glasses on. The word of God gives me his lenses to see the world like he's called me to see it. My marriage will change. My life will change. Hope will come. Life will come. I will give words of life, not words of death. But if I try to do it on my own, what is in the past will eventually come up. I will paint the picture of what is the revelation in my own heart. And when I hope that it's a revelation, when I like the idea of Jesus, but it's not really what's changed me, people are going to see the truth. I got bad news and good news. The truth's going to come out. The good news is it doesn't have to be the death that it's been. The bad news is if you try to change yourself, it will be but he'll make you observant to the things that you don't need to be around. Some people need to throw off the grave clothes because what you've tried to do is hear it and keep the grave clothes on. When he said, Lazarus, wake up, he took the grave clothes off and he was alert to what he was, but he's also alert to what he is now. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all are talking to me. Come on now. R is real. It could also be revelation, but I've hit that just a little bit. So what the revelation does is make me real. The word real that I'm, I'm, I'm describing here in the Greek, freedom, actually translates authenticity or real. That's crazy. One of our core values at Four Points is we will be real. We're not going to be fake. We're not going to try to put on a show. We're not going to try to make you think that we're good when everybody knows that we're struggling. So this is my time in the service where I'm just going to put my cards on the table with y'all and be real. This week's been hard for me. I've had this cough that y'all have listened to. <laughs> that, was, that was not real. But, and I don't really feel like I love to play ball and I love to play golf and I love to be active. I'm the world's worst sit still person. Shoot, my wife was in here. She would be cutting a jig right now on the front row <laughs> trying to dance. I hate to stay still. I don't really like to rest because my attitude is that we only have a certain amount of time. I don't require a ton of sleep, so let's go. That's foolishness because I, no one's Superman or Superwoman, Wonder Woman. No one's that, so we need it. A few weeks ago, God spoke to me really early in the morning on a Sunday, and he told me something that was basically, and I'm going to save you the details, but it was basically, I'm about to shift some things in your life. When I heard it, I, I felt fear. So I went to some of my spiritual uh, leaders, advisors, my spiritual father, and I said, hey, man, um, I don't know what to do with this, and I'm nervous. Are my kids going to get sick? Is my family going to do this? He said to me, Martin, God's doing some unbelievable things in your church, and he's growing y'all like crazy. You will begin to look out and see the masses amassing and begin to rely on that. You, you'll, you'll begin to work off that grit and determination that God made you to be because I'm not apologizing that I have a work ethic and I love to be here and I love to pour into and I love to spend time with. I'm not apologizing for any of those things, but he said, listen, God loves those and he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. But, but 
It's not by your strength and not by your grit, but by His Spirit. My revelation can't come from my determination. My revelation can't come from my strength. My revelation can only come by the Spirit. When the Spirit of God lines up with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and the person of Jesus, then God the Father draws us to himself. That's how the beauty of the gospel works. He is full of grace, which is his giving us what we, what, the, what we didn't deserve. God pours it down on us. It's his favor, his mercies. But he's also full of truth. And the truth and knowing it is what sets me free. When it is revealed in my heart, it's what sets me free. When I try to do this thing because of how good I can accomplish it, if I try to speak on my own merit, if I try to do anything, if I try to be a husband, if I try to be a father, if I try to be a friend, if I try to change my relationships, if I try to make it all better today, because that's what Mark Pangle naturally does in his person. <coughs> then people won't get the real me because I will try to put off to you what I'm not. I think the whole change that God's trying to do is shed one thing. I had a conversation with some of my closest friends last night, and we talked about the topic. Some people are going to be offended, but I'm just equal opportunity, so y'all just join the party if you like to be offended. We talked about homosexuality among our family, <clears throat> and the question was asked, why don't you preach against it more? And this was my answer. I'm not saying that I don't believe it's wrong. Because I do. Here's what I'm telling you. Jesus talked about pride a whole lot more than he talked about homosexuality. And I know me. And I know my pride. And God help me. Because the minute that I walk into a room and I think to myself, God, thank you that I don't struggle like he does. Then what I've decided is I'm the change agent. I'm the one that brings hope. I'm the life giver. I'm the light. The only thing I'm supposed to be is a reflection of his light. The only thing I'm supposed to be is there's so much life passing in me that it passes to them, that it fills me up and it overflows and it comes out. And then he does it again. And then he does it again. And then he does it again. Come on now, you can put your hands together if you like it. But, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you. Here's who your pastor is. And if you're offended, I love you with the love of the Lord and I'm sure you can find a place that doesn't want to be real. The thing that keeps me up at night is not how many people are going to show up today. It's that the church, the bride of Jesus Christ that is supposed to be united and coming together is dead. It is dead. We are powerless in our words because if God gave us the authority that our words should have, we would be killing everybody with death, not bringing everybody with life. Why? Because we can't even be real in our own people. We can't even look at each other and say, I am struggling. Hell has come toward me. I'm struggling with this person. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this, and I need help. My soul is desperate for Jesus. I don't know what to do. I need help. No, we've got to make sure that everything's Everything's together, and we got it all good. I don't have it all together. Your pastor doesn't, but I know who does. And I spent time with him this morning, not so you're impressed, but so that I'm filled up. Because I need an overflow in my life. I can't fix my wife, my kids, or myself. But I can be real and say, God, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I need an overflow in my life. And it gives me the ability to discern things, which is the word for wisdom, wisdom, that is not the same as knowledge. I can discern right from wrong, but, but I don't try to just be good. I can discern where I should go. I can discern God's call for my life. People are like, what is God's will for my life? If I don't know the word, I won't know the will.
I love this verse so much. Hebrews chapter 4 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Remember, it's the sword of the Spirit. It's alive and it's active. And, but this is what it does to us, not when we're fighting against. It pierces in the division of soul and spirit, my mind, will, and emotions, where the Spirit of God wants to align those two things, where my flesh fails me, but the Spirit of God draws me in. It says it, it, it gives the division and the joints and the marrow and it's dis, and discerning and wisdom in my thoughts and intentions of my heart. It cuts straight to my heart and separates what I wanted to do, what I meant to do, it's great to have good intentions, but if your direction's wrong, you're in trouble. What gives me the lamp to my feet and the light into my path is the will of God through the Word of God. It is not just knowledge. It is not just words on a paper. It is not just a quiet time. It is the living and active Word of God. Which gives me not just the mind of Christ, but the heart of Christ. If you have failed miserably in your life, you can come home. But if it's only knowledge that you come back to, the revelation of the Word of God, the rock that we stand on, is not really under your feet. So the devil is over your head. And it's killing you. I feel so much weight in this room because I feel your weight with you. And I'm here to tell you, you just lay it down. You just lay it down. Galatians 5.1 keeps coming to my mind. It's for freedom's sake that Christ sets you free. But no longer be enslaved to that yoke of sin and death. Death does not have to be what's reigning inside of you because the Word of God revealed in your heart can be what's alive inside of you. We can be real. We can be observant. We can wake up and then we can discern right from wrong things that we should do and the will of God for our life. That's how I keep myself pure, not by trying to take things out of my life. Sometimes that is wisdom, and if God tells you to, then do it. But you can take every step, and you can show me that you're right. But I'm telling you, right will come when revelation, when the picture's flipped over and the light bulb comes off, and you're like, yes. And this is how it happens. Romans chapter 10 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of Christ, the word of God, by hearing his word, by the revelation of his word, by the fact that it's not just words on a paper, but it is the living word of God in written form revealed in my heart and faith comes. And when it hits my heart, it explodes inside of me and everything changes. God does not intend for you to stay where you are. And if you've been a Christian for 20 years and you've stayed where you are, here's where you are. Here's where you are. You probably read the Bible, some of you. You probably know the Bible. Some people in here know the Bible better than I do. That's not the point. Being smarter than me is not the point. Congratulations and you get a medal. You're at 50% of the learning curve. Good job, everybody. That's not the goal. The goal is to be the best me I can be, not to be better than you. And that only happens by faith hitting my ears but going to my heart. Because it's alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. And it penetrates what was and what is to come. It doesn't have to be like it's been because you can be alive in him. And this is what Jesus said. This is what Paul said, excuse me, salvation comes from. A few verses before this, he said, if you, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus, the word, is your Lord over you. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Notice he never said, if you just hear it and you stay there. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him that you will be saved. 
and you will become a new creation and you will become an ambassador of Christ and you will become a child of his because to those who believe him he gives the right to be sons and daughters of the king or you can stay right where you are and think that you can make life happen you will continuously put off death until the revelation of God hits your life you will continue to be frustrated right where you are until the revelation of God hits your life because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God will you pray with me pastor I feel like you were talking straight to me here's what I believe while I was praying this week I believe I heard the Lord say that today is the day for salvation I don't care if you've been in this church for the entire time we've been here today's your first time if you've been in church your whole life or today's the first time you've ever been in church this is what salvation is by hearing it and then his word hitting your heart. That is salvation in Jesus' name by declaring you are mine and I am yours. You died for me, you lived for me, and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. Your blood bought me and your life sets me free. I will, I will be yours. I will never struggle with what I used to be, but I will always struggle if I'm not filled with you. I'm yours. Fill me up. I just wonder in this room, if anybody will be honest enough to say, God is pulling on my heart, and today is the day of salvation for me. Come on, just raise your hand right where you are. I don't want to manipulate you. Come on, man. Praise the Lord. Keep your hand up. Praise the Lord. Who else? I believe there's other people in this room that are saying, God, I need to be saved in this room. I need to be saved. God is pulling on my heart. Thank you for your boldness. If you'll fill that card out, sir. Our prayer team wants to walk with you. If you'll just bring it back to the back wall, our prayer team wants to walk with you. Here's what I feel really drawn to do today. Can y'all look this way? I'm celebrating with the man that just confessed Jesus in front of his peers. Can somebody else celebrate with me? Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to make this numb. I don't want to make coming forward numb. I don't want to make it where it's just like an altar that you come up to and if you do this, you're right. You can stay right where you are. But I know God's pulling on some of your hearts. And I want our prayer team to have the opportunity to lay their hands, men with men, women with women, lay hands on you and pray over you and have a chance for you to feel true freedom in Christ's name. So this is your chance to be real. If you're struggling, right where you are today and you choose to sit in your seat I'm not mad at you I, I won't even know most of them but if you want a chance for the revelation to hit your heart let us agree with you let us pray over you and take the first step as a follower of Jesus you already are saved but take the first step in boldness of stepping out saying I'm tired of being what I was because I'm supposed to be what he called me to be but I stay with dead clothes on and I'm ready to wake up and have new life in Jesus name I'm ready for the picture to come over and I believe God was talking straight to me you're talking to me as I pray I'm asking you to kneel down and make this your altar you can stand up on the side if you don't have the knees to kneel down that's fine but I'm asking you to come right now in boldness if you're worried about the person beside you, you're worried about real. But when it's revealed to you, 
real will be the only thing you want because freedom in Jesus' name will be your desire. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful that your word is alive, that your word is active, that you draw people, men and women, to yourself, young people to yourself, that we don't have to be what we were, but we can throw off the grave clothes of death, sin, and the grave because you took on all of those things so that we have life in Jesus' name. Now we come and we lay them at your feet. We will not be full of slavery and bondage ever again because we will be alive in you. There's no condemnation for those of us in Christ Jesus. And we declare in Jesus' name life and love and a sound mind because that is what you've given us. Jesus, we love you. And we're thankful that the the word of God is not just words on a paper, but it is alive. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. And it is mighty to save. Jesus, we love you because you came. The word of God came and took on sin, death, and the grave as a man so that you could go back up and you're seated in heaven today. Your glorious name is what we lift up. We love you, Jesus. We worship your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.